Hey, I'm Cameron, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you are here and would love to get connect with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some of our upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the River Church. Glad you are here. Uh, We are in the book of Colossians. So if you have your Bible, Colossians will be in chapter number two. Again, just want to welcome you if you're new uh, to our location, to our church. Thank you for being here. Uh, Hopefully we're the church uh, that God has called us to be and you're a place where you feel loved and cared about. And uh, we are a church that loves God's word and we study God's word and and know who Jesus is and want to live like him. We sure do. Hi, everybody online. I'm waving at you. I know you can wave back, but it's kind of weird. But I'll wave to you. Uh, But Colossians chapter number two. Uh, We are studying the book of Colossians, and what we're doing is looking at what the church is, that we as the River Church, what, what is our purpose? What's, what's the plan? Why, why do we do what we do, and, and, and where are we going, and what are we doing? And it is not something that the pastors sit in a room and go, hey, what do we want to do, and try to come up with something. No, the, the Bible tells us what the church is, tells us where to go, tells us what to do, tells us what the purpose is. And our goal and what we're told to as pastors do is to lead the church to follow Jesus. And so that's what we try to do. And so as we're studying the book of Colossians, we're studying the church here. And Paul writes to the church, helping them to be the church that they should be. So Colossians chapter number two, let's start reading in verse six. The Bible says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, for the last couple of weeks, uh, I have read a passage, and then I've taken you backwards through the scripture. And so sadly, I don't know, sadly, but I'm going to do it again. In this verse, the, the, the starts out in verse 6, it says, therefore. Now, what that means is the, the author is saying, All of these things I've just said, all of the teaching, all of the truth, ready? Therefore, because you have heard this, this is what I have for you. So to backtrack a little bit, Paul in the beginning, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, since, and many times in the Bible, you'll hear these statements that'll say since, and he'll make these statements that'll say therefore. And Paul here says, since I heard about you, church, since I've heard about the church that's going on in in the city of Colossae, I've heard that you know the Lord. Verse 4 says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Paul goes on to say, since I heard of the gospel exploding in your lives, and that's what it does. He's saying the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus has come to your town, and the gospel did what the gospel does, and that explodes in our life, and people are born again. So Paul is saying, since I I heard of your faith, of your love, of your hope in the gospel of Jesus... He said, since I heard this, I I continue to pray for you. He says, I continue to pray, what? That you'll be filled with the knowledge of God's will. So that what? You'll grow in God's knowledge so that you can apply it to your life. 
A few weeks ago, we learned, like, church, this is what we're supposed to be praying for one another, that we'll be growing in the knowledge of God's will so we'll be able to take it and apply it to our lives to grow in a way that is pleasing and worthy of the Lord. And last week, we got the, to the beginning of chapter 2, and Paul says, since I, I see what's happening in your church I see there's people coming from the outside and they're trying to manipulate and they're creating a different Jesus. They're not giving the Jesus of the Bible. And so Paul takes time to tell you, I want you to know the identity of Christ, who Christ is. And Paul does that by showing us three relationships of Christ. He said, you'll know who Jesus Christ is by his relationship to God. His relationship to creation and his relationship to the church. And so from all of that, he lands here and says, Therefore, since you are followers of Christ, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. The statement of in him, come, it, it, it pops up over and over again. It's even funny in our culture, people will ask, you know, how does somebody know they're a follower of Christ? And they'll use the word Christian. Like, are you a Christian? And, but we've, we've messed up that word. And if you ask somebody who's a Christian, they, we don't really even know the definition. Even in the Bible, the word Christian, I believe, is only used two times. But what you see over and over and over again, true followers of Jesus are those who are in him. They are in Christ. It defines our identity. It is, it is who we are. It describes us. It gives us purpose and direction. Here, Paul, describing the church, and in this amazing, verse 6 really just brings it all together. What is the church? The church are those people who have received Christ Jesus as Lord and are now told, now, go walk in him, be grounded in him, be rooted in him. Why? Because it is our identity. You ever think about that question, what's your identity? What, what defines you as a person? What, what describes you as a person? So many times, I'll tell you in my flesh, there are things that I run to define myself. But the Bible says, you know what should define you? Is your relationship with Jesus. I find it so amazing that when the Bible right here defines who Christ is, it uses relationships. It says, hey, you want to know who Jesus is? Let me tell you his relationship with God. Let me tell you his relationship with creation and the church. Listen, you know what defines you? relationships. Years ago, when I was seven, I think seven, six or seven, I don't know the exact timeline, my parents loaded up the car, and we took a long drive to the border to go into Canada. It's not that long a drive, okay? I was just seeing if you're with me. So we went to go into Canada. I was seven. I remember we went through, you know, you got to you pull your car up, and there's a person standing there, and what do they ask for? I need identification. Okay, give me some identification. Okay, so my parents hand their identification to that guy. And then they say, okay, we need identification of the little kid sitting in the back seat. 
And my parents didn't bring any identification. Now we kind of scoff at that. I don't know, back then maybe it was okay. But now we're like, what are you thinking? So they looked at my parents and said, here's what you need to do. You take your car, pull off to the side. There's a little spot over there. You need to go into that building. So we get out of the car, and I could just, like, a little terrified as a little seven. They're going to take No, all right, so you go in the building, and I remember there was an the officer standing there behind a desk, and, like, you just, uh, what is going to happen? But I just remember the officer asked me a question. So we walked up there, my mom, my dad, and me, and the officer looked at me and said, son, what's his name? And he kind of froze and went, Dad. He said, what's her name? Mom. And he looked at me and goes, all right, you're all good to go, and you can go. Why? Because my relationship defined my identity. When I looked and said, hey, who is that? That's my mom. That's my dad. It defined who I am. Let me tell you, our identity if you know Jesus, is found in him. Who you are and the plan and the purpose is found in the amazing Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you think of your identity, is it found in him? Are you rooted and grounded and going, you know, who I am? When someone asks who I am, they know my identity is in Christ. Has your identity changed over the year, over the years? Look a little different. Who you were back then is not who you are now. As I thought of that, I thought, hey, what about my identity? <laughs> my identity's changed a little bit over the years. I think I'm six years old right now. I don't know why I got a driver's license at six. And, and also, you're, you're also freaked out about like people stealing your identity. So I'm like, okay, I got to block out this number, this number. But your identity changes. It goes to that one, and then to that one. And you just, your identity keeps changing, right? <laughs> Listen, that's my current identity. You can't laugh at that one. The eight o'clock did the same thing. I'm like, this, this is me now, everybody. Why are you laughing at this one? The little one's fine. All right, everybody next week, I want to see a stack of driver's license so I can make fun of you. All of them. I wish I had thought of this earlier. I, there's a man, Roger, he's 91 years old. I was like, Roger, I want the whole stack. I want to see all of them. But our identity is not found in our looks or our height or the color of our eyes or where we live. Let me tell you, your identity when you have received Christ as your Savior, is found in Him. It is where your worth and value is at, your hope, your joy. It is found in Jesus Christ. And here, the church in Colossae, and looking at what the church is, if you've been to the River Church, you'll, you'll hear reach, gather, and grow over and over again. Why? Because... We believe being reached by the gospel of Jesus Christ changes our lives. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, it changes everything. 
And we can't be the church unless we have received Jesus as our Savior. We're reached by the gospel of Jesus. And then what, what happens? Man, then we begin to walk in him, grounded in him, building in him. That's why reach, gather, grow. All it is is looking to scripture. And scripture says this is what the church is called to be. So your identity, have you received Jesus Christ as Lord? And if you have, come back to it often and celebrate it. It's the best thing, the best gift. And here, Paul, and I tell you, don't skip over these words. He says, you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. Please just don't go, okay, that's Jesus' name, let's move on. No, no, no. This is defining him. Acts 2.36 says this. Says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. See, to receive Jesus as Savior, it's knowing him as Jesus Christ our Lord. Start with the word Christ. The people in Colossae, they said, you know, he is the Messiah sent from God to save the world. When you come to the name Jesus and you say, what's the name Jesus mean? It means the Lord is salvation. And then it gets and it says, is Lord. And don't skip over it because this is telling us to really receive Jesus. Isn't just to go, I'm okay with Jesus, or I'm okay with the cross, or I'm, you know what? I, I, yeah, I want my sins forgiven. To receive Jesus and say, Jesus, you are king, you are Lord, save my life. And he will. This word Lord, when you find it in the New Testament, it's so interesting. It links to the Old Testament. See, the Old Testament, when it says who God is, use the word Jehovah, use the word Lord. And then that, when they use it in the New Testament, it connects. It's saying, hey, Jesus is Lord, leader. He is who we bow to. He is who rules. In 1 Peter 2, 3, it says, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, it is pointing to Jesus. But when you read that, those Jews who, who read it can look back to Psalms 34, 8 that says the same thing. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What do we see? Jesus The fullness of God's deity dwells in him. He is Lord God Almighty. Charles Spurgeon, who was an amazing pastor in the 1800s in London, said this, the word Savior only occurs twice in the book of Acts. On the other hand, it is amazing to notice the title Lord is mentioned 92 times, Lord Jesus 13 times, and the Lord Jesus Christ six times. Acts 16, 13, this is the gospel, is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And again, as I said last week, you will find there are cults, there are the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witness, the Muslims who will even, they'll speak of Jesus. But they will not speak of Jesus of the Bible. They will not tell you who truly Christ is. 
Acts 4.12, and there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so to receive Christ, and I know I come to this often, but oh, how I want it to be clear I so don't want it to be fuzzy in your mind. Do I know Christ? Maybe if I, if I sin and then sin again, do I lose my salvation? Or do, do, do I got to keep getting saved over and over again? No, here's salvation. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit opens up your heart to the truth of Jesus Christ. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit opens up your heart and you hear the words of Christ and what he did on the cross, that he died and rose again, and the Holy Spirit opens up that truth and begins to work on your heart. To be saved is then when you come to Christ in brokenness knowing there's nothing I can do to get to God. I am broken and bankrupt and only Jesus Christ can save me. And then it is when you believe in Jesus Christ that you are saved. Ephesians 1.13 says it like this. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So what happens in salvation? The Holy Spirit reveals the truth about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, And you receive that truth and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you may be, wait, is that the Holy Spirit's doing or do do we need to respond in belief? Yes. It is the Holy Spirit moving and then we are called to respond and believe. This is salvation. And when we do that, We find our identity in our Lord. We find all of our hope. We find our peace. At the end of Colossians 2, 6, and 7, it says, and then we will praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. It's because when our identity and our eternity and our hope and everything is in Jesus, we can give him praise in all things. But oh, how I love to veer from my identity in Christ. Oh, how I love to veer and go, maybe, is it, could it be maybe in this? And so I start to invest my hopes in different things. And it's just so, in, in our culture, like even the little things can start to grab up our identity. I think about the lions. Do you know they're never going to lose again? (laughs) We may win the Super Bowl five years in a row, I think. Maybe six. At least three. Until we lose four in a row next week. But even something silly like the Lions can dominate our soul. When they're bad... The next three days, you're a jerk to your wife because the lions were bad. It puts you in a bad mood. It puts you in a bad place. Oh, when they win, now your joy, the next three days are wonderful. 
And that's a little silly sports thing. But oh, how we can put our identity and our worth and our joy. We'll start throwing them in other things. That's why the Bible says be thankful in it all, to, be, to praise him in it all. Well, when our identity is found in other things like money and, and house and all of these other things, we can't be thankful in it all because our worth starts to come from that. John Stott, a pastor, used a Chinese proverb. He said this, you want to be happy for an hour, get drunk. You want to be happy for three days, Get married. You want to be happy for eight days, kill a pig and eat it. Oh, how we try to find worth in things of this world. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. In John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. See, in Christ, only in Christ is there true satisfaction. In him. If we have received Christ, we are in him. I had the privilege to preach on Tuesday night this past Tuesday night at our addiction ministry, and they are going over a series called Identity. And a lot of, I started thinking about identity as preparing for that. And, and what's amazing is when you read Ephesians and it talks about in him, the Bible is so wonderful, you get to Colossians, it speaks of the same truth, being in him. But in Ephesians, I wish I had the time to take you through it. It talks about our identity in him and how wonderful it is. See, Ephesians 1 and verse 4, it says, In him you are chosen. In him, verse 4, you are loved. In him you are adopted. You're no longer an orphan. You have a father who loves you. You go on and get to verse 7, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, In him you're redeemed. In him you're forgiven. In him you are united. It is this beautiful picture of, man, new family, new father, new brother, new sister. That's the church. That we are a church that's reaching and gathering and growing under our father, together in a family, loving one another and loving our community. It goes on to say, in him we have gained an inheritance In him we are sealed with the spirit, the Bible says. And one defined it like that. It says the spirit, he is there to empower and equip us for the ministry. He is our helper, our advocate. He protects, he encourages, and he guarantees our inheritance in Jesus Christ. What is the church and what is its purpose? Our identity is in him. We are those who have been reached by the good news of Jesus. And it's transformed our life so that what? We may now walk in him, be rooted in him, grounded in him. If we're called to this new way of living, that's what it means to walk. It's this new way of living. 
Think about it, church. You remember that little boy or girl of yours? If you've had child and that first day you stood them up and they're doing this. And you're just like, come on, buddy. You can do it. Take that first step. And nowadays we have seven phones on them right there. All right. right. No, not the time. All right. He got him here. He takes that one step and dad goes crazy. He's walking! And he falls down immediately and like is hurting. And the dad's like, he's okay. He's fine. Yeah, my boy can walk. But we get so excited about walking. I get so excited when I see new believers come in who are reached with the gospel. And what do they do? They start walking. And and listen, they're they're not mature yet. They're brand new believers. The Bible says you've received. Now walk in him. It doesn't mean you're sprinting right away. I mean, okay. And I watch new believers and it's so exciting seeing some of you. What are you doing? And as a pastor, I'm like, where's the phone? Get it. Let's watch it again. But sadly, some of you have been saved a long time and you're still taking the same steps. Instead of going, hey, it's now time. What do I, I, I can start doing this. I'm not sprinting. I'll pull a hamstring. But you start to run and you start to leap and you start to jump. Running after the Lord. And I tell you, church, it's exciting because I see that in you. I come in Sunday morning. What are we talking about? Less about the lions, even though we can talk about the lions and smile. That's good. That's what I'm saying. But we talk about the Lord and the goodness of man. This is his God's word. And this is what the Lord did. And he is my savior. This is our identity. And we get excited as a church more than we get excited about the lions. We get excited about Jesus. First John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So that's why we say reach and gather and grow because to take that walk, it's when we gather together with believers, we worship and we thank the Lord and we study his word and then we come together like tonight as we have Pizza Palooza. This isn't just an event to go, what are you doing Sunday? Let, let's just plan a pizza event. No, there's a purpose. The purpose is we hope you'll come tonight. And for those of you who aren't connected in a community here, you'll come and we'll tell you about all the communities happening, the growth communities and Bible studies, because we feel it is urgent for you to be a part of a community and to grow in the Lord. And so tonight we'll gather, you'll hear about all of them, and then we have them for for kids and students and young adults and old adults and middle adults. But we so think it is urgent that you get involved in a community. I've been asking the Lord and praying for the Lord. We need more Bible studies. And he answers. This morning I had a man come to me and go, Pastor, um, what about opening up my house for a Bible study? And and one of the deacons says he will lead the Bible study. Do you think that's a good idea? Yes. to grow in that. And you may be, I'm not coming tonight. I already have my community. 
You need to come so you can invite somebody else to your community. You need to come to go, hey, maybe there's somebody, they could come to ours. Well, it's already too full. Great, make two. But to walk in the Lord and help others walk in the Lord. So you go on and read, it says, walking in him and rooted in him. To have our roots in Christ, where he is our spiritual nourishment, we grow from him. As Ephesians 4.14 says, we're no longer tossed to and fro by waves. But having these roots. The Bible says to be built up in him. What is that? To be a spiritual house, to having Christ as your foundation. This is the church. And if you've been here the last couple weeks, I, I feel like this is something I've come back to and back to. And you may say, Pastor, we, we keep going over this. And maybe it's because it's my heart that's prone to wander. Maybe because I, I can so move off of, man, my identity in Christ. There's an amazing hymn that says this, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take it and seal it with thy spirit from above. Rescued thus from sin and danger, purchased by the Savior's blood. May I walk on earth a stranger as a son and heir of God. See, I believe we are so tempted, and one man said it like this, to find our identity in what we know and what we can do and what we have. Instead of finding our identity in who we know and what he has done and all that he offers. I don't want to be a church that drifts away from the Lord. I don't want to be a church that fakes the most, goes through it, but does not draw near to him. You know, this, this weekend, my, my son, he's, God has given him a talent of golfing. He's good at it. And so he qualified for this tournament. And, and we went down to this tournament down in Ohio. And it's a different kind of golf course we went to. It, uh, it's the golf course that Jack Nicholas grew up on. So they have all his pictures as a junior golfer. And you pull in, and then there's the Porsche park next to you, the Mercedes-Benz. And you're like... I'm a little out of place here, a little different. You go in there and see, and it's just kind of interesting. I looked it up. It's $100,000 to join, just to be a part of it. I joined three times. No, (laughs) So my son did the tournament and um, didn't do as well as he wanted to, and it's pretty intense, you know, like kids there and you watch this kid start crying and this kid get emotional. And, and I took my son off the side, walked away. I said, son, listen, you don't need to cry about this. I said, I, our effort and working out is great, but know this, son. Our identity is not in this. Right? Golf doesn't work. It's fine. 
our identity has to be in Jesus Christ. This is where our identity is at. And I tell him that, and I probably spoke it out loud to him because, man, it's so easy sitting there and you see people, man, you start to compare and go, well, identity of bank account's a little different. Identity of car. Then you could say, oh, identity of talents, this kid better. And then your flesh, it kicks into high gear, or maybe just mind us. Right? And then you go, well, you want to arm wrestle? And you may say, Pastor, you're that carnal. Yeah, my flesh is that carnal. And you can start to identify yourself with things that are worthless. Instead of coming back to our identity in Jesus Christ, the Lord. So this morning, I just want to challenge you as I'm challenged. Our hope, our joy, our peace, life is found in him. Stop running for the other stuff. It's not going to work. Yeah, it'll fill you for a while, a time. But in him is true life. We stand with me, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. So thankful my identity is in you. What defines me is your grace and your goodness and your love. And I am so grateful. May this define our church. Lord, may people come in from the community and leave knowing, hey, that's a church defined by Jesus. A church that walks in him and loves like him and cares like him. Please, Lord, continue to mold and to shape us. We thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.